Who's this girl you're going out with tomorrow night? How do you know? Ah, you know. Don't you think I hear things? A lot of canaries flying around the docks. I'm going out with Paulie's sister. Hey, Ralph. What? Hey, she's retarded. She ain't retarded. She's shy, you know? I'll tell you what to do. Take her to the zoo. I hear retards like the zoo. Hey, this bum got to say that? All right, back it up, buddy. I'm calling you a bum. Okay, relax, relax. But he's in a bad mood. It's his prostate. Well, he's always in a bed, but you know you ought to count your blessings, buddy. You're still a healthy person, you know that? I don't like your face. I don't like your Z. Kiss my ears. I'm on your shoulders. Oh, come on, relax, relax, relax. My ears, what are you driving me crazy? Both ears. But he doesn't like you. Yeah. Some guys, they just hate for no reason. Gabby's? Yeah. Come here. It's 50 bucks. You and your girl, Adrian, you have a nice time. Yeah? Thanks. Hey, how'd you know her name? Don't think I hear things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Rob. What? Remember what I told you. What'd you tell me? Take it to the zoo. Oh, Original theme, The Nightfly by Donald Fagan. The original theme, the album cover. The one that started it all, The Nightfly by Donald Fagan. With jazz and conversation. That's what I'm kind of feeling today. In a more mellow mood. Can't seem to get awake, you know, just in that uh, kind of not, I don't know, peaceful state, but... uh, I don't know, just can't seem to keep my eyes open. You have those kind of days? Maybe the weekend took its toll. Maybe the constant eating of Passover. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I know it's a lovely day in New York City, and uh, here we are together again after a lovely Rachel Feinstein podcast, which is always a lot of fun. She's a dollar and a half. But uh, when she's always finished, there's always... Can you cut that out? Can you cut that? She's so nervous about everything. It's horrible. But it's uh, kind of funny. I think, um, I don't know. She, uh, I, I just saw her on uh, on Instagram last night. Just, um, you know, she puts out there just, you know, uh, karaokeing and stuff. I would think that, if anything, would be the worst thing you'd want to cut out, you know, like, oh, I don't sing. I can't believe they put that up on Instagram. She put it up on Instagram herself. The people stuff put on Instagram is more condemning than the people something might say, whether on a podcast or something else. But regardless of whatever it is, we still love Rachel Feinstein and Donald Fagan here tonight to sing us our theme, The Nightfly. An independent station J-U-S-K-O-W With jazz and conversation From the foot of Mount Baldoni? What? I don't know. should probably uh, check with the lyrics before I make it my theme. 
Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, you know, I can't concentrate with the music on. It's just the way I still can't play an instrument and sing at the same time. I'm not coordinated properly. I'm, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Uh, an idiot. I'm a retard. I got to take myself to the zoo. And, uh, you know, when I'm listening to that clip, you know, when you listen to it, you can see the uh, technological audio problems they had with the movie. It's quite fascinating when he's sitting there in the car like, hey, Rock, I heard you're a, re a retard. You know what you do? What do I do? Take it to the zoo. You can hear the, the difference where they must have been in the editing room going like, oh, that sounds crappy, but we'll have to boost the audio a little bit. It's kind of interesting. I can't imagine it's just because of where I got it from. I think it was like a... Hey, they didn't have really good audio technology back then. Still an unbelievable movie. And still what he did and what they did. And my brother and I were talking yesterday and we're just saying, he was saying Rocky Three is the best of all the Rockies. That's what he was saying. He was saying it with a convincing face. And I said, you're an idiot because the first Rocky, nothing can ever compare to the first Rocky. The first Rocky. But he was like, no, he loses. He loses and he wins. And, he wins. and Mr. T is amazing. I'm like, yeah, that, that's all true because what, what you really have to look at is the fact that there's four really good Rockies. I mean, really good Rockies. I mean, I mean, it's un it's unbelievable in this day and age for four sequels or three sequels in the original to be so good. They certainly couldn't do it with Superman. Maybe I've never seen any of the Lethal Weapons, but I heard they were okay. Maybe they did it with those, but those are comedies. So to make, you know, a sequel and a sequel and a sequel that uh, still had relevance. And, of course, nobody talks about Rocky Five, and I had heard Rocky Six was pretty good, and I didn't see Creed. But so uh, besides one clinker, that's a pretty good deal, which, of course, is why I'm in love with Sylvester Stallone. I just think he's badass and cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't take away from the first one. The first one's just a, a miracle of existence in every way. The, the fact that it's written by him, the fact that, you know, just the way he talks and his introduction to Sylvester Stallone and... You know, I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't, Rocky Three is good, except for, you know, kind of a lot of the gayness at the end, uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, <laughs> him, and, him and Creed and that, they're wearing those little short shorts at the end of the boxing, it just looks like something gay is going to happen, <laughs> but when they're, when they're running on the beach together, it's just, it's a little too much, still, I mean, you know, listen, I love the movie, uh, it's really good, Mr. T is an excellent villain, but I mean, thinking, you know, Hulk Hogan's in. I mean, but it's still totally entertaining. The song is ridiculous from Survivor. How did he know Survivor was going to kick ass? I mean, that's what I'd like to know. We think maybe yeah, Frank Stallone. So I got to look that one up. But I mean, the first one's a miracle. You know, nobody ever talks about the second one because it's just okay. You know, it's more of the same. Second one certainly has its quality. So I guess if I had to rank them in order, I bet you a lot of people would put four before they put three. Um, so for my money, I might go, I like three that, you know, I don't know. I bet you a lot of people go one, four, three, two, and I bet you everybody's two is, is the last one only. And, and remember, it's still pretty good and it's completely watchable, but you know, they're four really good movies. I mean, think about it. It's just amazing. And when he came up with the fourth one, I mean, it, and it's relevant now, you know, how much, uh, do we hate Russia? And, and to take on, uh, you know, a guy kind of uh, steroiding up. And, I mean, it's a totally relevant. I mean, that was a miracle that he was able to pull that off. Make four outstanding, money-making, brilliant movies in 10 years. Four movies in 10 years uh, that, are still, that still hold up to this day in, in entertainment value. And, and quite frankly, if you're talking about four, relevance value, and really... 
You could watch one every day because there's always going to be an underdog that you want to win. You know, like your pal Dave Jaskow. All I keep thinking about is when Gazo says to him, you know, after he gets the fighting, he's like, you know, you never had a lot of luck. Now maybe you finally got some. You know, Rock, what do you think? I think about that all the time. There's somebody's going to come. You know, you never had a lot of luck. Maybe it's your time. I mean, um, it's not. But uh, my time is, you know, kind of like um, Coglin in uh, Cocktail. Oh, my time is up and it's fading fast. I don't think that's exactly what he says, but it's something like that. Uh, whatever, let's not dwell on that nonsense. I mean, the thing about Rocky is even in the first one, I mean, this scene is so hilarious with that little girl that he takes. What's her name? Marie, little Marie. Did your brother know you're hanging out so late? Hey, hey, hey. hey these guys teach you to talk like that. Hey, 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 don't you never say that. Stick up Hey, you know, when I was your age, there was only one girl in the whole neighborhood that talked like that. You know what I mean? That was it, just one. What are you doing? Well, I'll make your teeth yell. Don't do that. I'll make your breath like garbage. Come on, nobody likes garbage. Anyway, this girl with the dirty mouth, she wasn't bad looking, but you see, none of the guys ever took her serious, you see? They never took her out for any serious date. Why? Because that's the way guys are. They laugh when you talk dirty, they think you're cute. But after a while, you get a reputation, that's it. You get no respect, you understand? You get no respect. I gotta use a bad word. Whore, you understand? Whore. See, you use... See, now he's walking through a parking, parking lot and still talking. This is what I want to do in the street, like in the city when I get home like late. I want to go through an alley and just keep talking. Hey, see, you got to understand what you are is a whore, but you don't want to be a whore. And you want to just give somebody advice like real loud, just late at night for no reason. You really have to be one. You just act like one and that's it. Boom. Hey, you get a bad rep. You understand? 20 years from now, 20 years from now, people are going to say, hey, you remember Marie? No, who's she? Uh, she's a little whore that hung down the atomic bogey shop. Oh, yeah, 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 now I remember her. You see, they don't remember you, they remember the rep. You understand? Hey, you got a boyfriend? No, you ain't got a boyfriend. You know why? Why don't you think you have a boyfriend? Because you're hanging out with them coconuts in the corner, you understand? You hang out with them coconuts, you get nowhere. They're lemons, lemons. You hang out with nice people, you get nice friends, you understand? You hang out with smart people, you get smart friends. You hang out with yo-yo people, you get yo-yo friends. You see, simple math, math. I hope you ain't going to What was I going to say? You hope I don't keep acting like a whore, I'll turn into one, right? Yeah, something like that. Night, Rocky. Night, Marie. Take care, you know? Hey, Rocky. Yo. Screw you, creepo. Yeah, who are you to give advice, creepo? Aw. Yeah, screw you, creepo. That's what everybody says to me when I drop them off at home. It's weird. You know, I give them all this advice, and then they, screw you, creepo. I wish I was kidding. But, I mean, how can you take away from the first movie when it has scenes? They don't have that in three, and those are kind of poignant scenes. That and just, you know, uh, uh, you know I, will, I won't take any... I'd like to be a sparring partner. You know, I won't take any chances. Uh, I won't take any cheap shots. You know, 
Those two uh, right there. Uh, like, Rocky, I don't think you understand. I'm offering you a shot at the title. I like playing those little small character parts. That's why I kind of want to do the whole movie because <laughs> I like playing those parts. You know, the parts of the, 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 the promoter. Rocky, I don't think you understand, quite frankly. <laughs> Who's that guy? Um, that guy's so funny looking, too. That's a good part for Dave Juskow. Rocky, do you believe in America? Wait, what is, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Well, so does Apollo Creed. He's not right for us, baby. I've seen the man hit you, and he kept getting up. That's from Rocky too. You see, there's lines from everything. But I'm trying to think. I think, I think, I guess for my money, even though I really do enjoy four, which I actually just kind of saw recently. I'd never seen it. You know, it's just one of those things that slipped away. I guess I'd go one, three, four, two. I guess, if anybody cares. What are we even talking about anymore? You know, I'm kind of obsessed with Rocky. I'm not feeling it today. I don't know. You know, uh, it was Passover. I went to my sister's, you know, led the Seder. Made two matzo lasagnas on Thursday night. Made two of them. Very difficult. But they came out perfect again, thank God. Because, you know, I was nervous about combining the ingredients. It's very difficult to combine the ingredients. Last year, I just made one. And then I redid everything. I cleaned everything. Then I redid another. So there'd be no issues. But this year, I'm like, no, screw that. I'm going to combine it like a person if I have enough bigger, you know, I don't have enough big pots and pans to to make two. That's the problem. Maybe I need to reorganize. You know, you can't just get all your uh, cookware at the 99 cent store. Things tend to, um, you know, break or suck or, you know, have uh, asbestos. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's what I feel adds the extra flavor into the matzo lasagna. But everybody liked it. Do you know? That Rhoda just called me 10 minutes ago and said, you know what, David? I'm eating your matzo lasagna. I love it. I mean, that that's the, the shit I give her for cooking and her horrible cooking and for her to call me up because you know it's killing her inside that I made something delicious that she had to call for. I mean, that's something. That's when you know you've really hit pay dirt. When not just the kids like you're cooking, but then your mother who you've, just made fun of for so many years who wants to be like well it's not the best because think when we were at the seder my brother-in-law made the brisket this year and my niece dory caught her saying because she was at the opposite end of the table eating to saying to nobody he just goes like eh, it's not as good as mine like dory caught it her saying it to herself which um is the funniest thing uh ever really just so angry about everybody else's food. So that's why this is a, a modern-day miracle, let alone that we cleaned out my mother's cupboard yesterday because we realized she's, um, she has stuff from the 80s, uh, food that she's making, and both my sister and I got sick because she makes food from mixes that were in the 80s that should have been thrown out at least in the 90s, and we had to clean out the whole cabinet. A lot of the stuff was in there uh, before the Nixon administration. Uh <laughs> But then, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, oh, but so with the uh, Seder, though, on Friday night, uh, Memo came and his family, his uh, daughter, who I love, who I got, finally I got her, you know, at the Super Bowl, Memo bought his daughter, maybe she's eight, 
And she gave me a lecture on the evils of gambling for about a half hour. And she's just telling me, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to end well for you. You know, my parents tell me you're doing very bad. You know, you're not, you're not going to learn a lesson if you keep gambling. I mean, it, it's, it was so funny. And, you know, not at the same time, because I've really been going through a bad time in gambling. I mean, I can't seem to stop. It's bad. It continues today. Um, it hasn't been this bad in a while. It's like already bad, you know, where it's just getting sad, where I might get beaten up. But, um, yeah, but you love the action. Am I right? I mean, what are you going to do? Anyway, so this kid, so when you, when you, they have this thing called the afikomen, which is you, you take one of the pieces of matzah during the ceremony, you split it in half, and you put it in this little sack, not my balls. I'll tell you why. It, you know, don't even joke about that because uh, <laughs> uh, you put it in a sack and you hide it and then the kids go looking for it and they find it. And then according to, you know, I, I, I don't think it's according to Moses, but according to the Jewish law, we were told you have to bargain with the leader of the Seder to offer the afikoman, which everybody eats for dessert, for money. Now, I don't know anything more Jewy than that but that is what we were taught as kids. So if you think, you know, if you want to make fun of Jews being money hungry and, and banking and all that kind of stuff, well, it's, it's goddamn true. That's what we were taught. You have to bargain. I have to bargain with my grandfather to, to, to give him the dessert for everybody. He had to give me money. And we had, we had to go through like, well, uh, how about $20? All right. How about 10 All right. How about 5 You know, like, I mean, it, it's like when you think about it now, it's, it's not very funny. Uh, it's very anti-Semitic against ourselves. So anyway, I always get, now I get, now that I lead the Seder, I always get lottery tickets. That seems like a fun prize for everybody. It's better than cash. It's something everybody can do, and you can make more cash than I could probably hand out. So I always buy a bunch of lottery tickets. And this year, Varen, uh, Memo's kid, was, um, you know, she found the Afikoma really quick, which was great because she was the youngest one there. We wanted her to find it. Not that we didn't know. I don't know where my sister hid it this time. I usually hide it in a much more fun place. Um, and then I said, all right, now you have to bargain with it, you know, <laughs> which she didn't. Under- I think everybody thought was a joke. But my sister's like, no, no, you really have to bargain. And so anyway, I just knew I was going to give her a bunch of lottery tickets, right? So she starts scratching and she starts winning. And she has this high-pitched scream when she wins, which is the cutest thing you've ever heard. She was so excited. She won $2. She was thrilled. And then she scratched another one. And then she scratched another one. She won $4. And then she came over. She goes, no, she told her mother. She goes, I understand the gambling thing now. Now I see why Juskow has to do it. They all call all the kids even call me Juskow. Now I get it. It was so funny. Her parents were like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Because I told her next time I see her, I'll bring her some lottery tickets. Um, oh, my. That's how it starts. That's how it started for me. The gambling, when you win, is a rush. You just unfortunately have to learn the other side, uh, which is bad. I'll uh, tell you the, all that in a second. But speaking of gambling and the rush, so after the – so listen to this. So after the Seder's over, right, it's 9 o'clock, and we all want to play HQ, right? So finally, I put the alert on my phone, so I've been playing more now because I kept forgetting because I, I didn't know how to put on the alerts because I'm an old man. So I finally put on the alerts. So when we all play, you know, we can take guesses at certain things, and my brother-in-law is pretty good, and everybody was around, and 
long story short, I ended up winning. I won. I answered all 12 with, with some help from uh, one question help from Matt and one question help from the last question, question 12, which I was terrified. I was screaming like, Varen screaming like I just won $2. Um, that I was so nervous. I'm like, does anybody else want to take my phone? Because I don't think I can handle the pressure of the last question. And Memo's wife knew it was the Powder Puff Girls. It was that, that, that uh, artist who is depicted by Amy Adams in that movie, Big Eyes. Also, is the either the inspiration or the creator of Power Puff Girls. That was the question. And I won 58 cents. But that, was, that wasn't the most... First of all, that was totally exciting. Everybody was excited. Anybody that plays HQ was excited. I sent a text, and then I just tweeted. I tweeted I Instagrammed that online that I had won, even though 58 cents... And, and everybody's, like, thrilled for it. You know, when you win HQ, even the 58 cents, it's, the, you know, it's very difficult to win. It was most exciting. And everybody was thrilled and happy. The worst part is Rhoda and Aunt Judy, they like leave in the middle. We all play. We're on question three. They're like, bye, everybody. Like, not now. Just wait five minutes. We'll all say proper goodbyes. Five minutes. Wait five minutes. They couldn't wait five minutes. And each one blamed the other. I called them next. I'm like, you couldn't wait five minutes. We're playing this fascinating game. It was the most fun of the night because, you know, Rhoda wants to see and and, and and see fun stuff. And she's like, oh, it looked really interesting. I'm like, then why didn't you say? She goes, oh, Judy was in the car. She was like, and I'm like, when, since when is Judy like my dad? Where you're like, come on, beeping the horn. Like, come on. It, it was so weird. And then they both blamed each other. And Judy, oh, your mother wanted to go. And then my mother said, no, Aunt Judy wanted to go. It was so weird. You're like, you can't wait five more minutes and we'll all get up and say goodbye to you. And we're in the middle of this really fun game we're all participating in. That's run by a Jewish guy. I mean, this is, this is a family thing you're doing on a family holiday. Even though I think I was the only Jew there, actually, me and my sister, because technically, you know, the other people we invited over. Well, David Horowitz, actually, uh, he's only half. So Matt's not, you know, so the kid's a half. Uh, Memo's obviously not. Uh, so really, you know, I'm just saying... There you are. You're doing a family function. Our family's all half-assed at this point. We don't have a lot of family members left. And we're doing this nice thing and this fun thing. And and Rhoda's like, I got to get out of here. I I just don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, it was so much fun. I I don't know. We just said, just wait five minutes. It wasn't like in our old family meetings where we used to play a poker game and that could last for hours. We're just saying, no, this is a time thing. There's 12 questions. We'll be with you in five minutes. Just give us five minutes. This is going to be exciting. We're all going around. What do you think the answer is? What do you think the answer is? I mean, it's fun, right? She's got to leave. It's so ridiculous. But here's the best part. And this is the best part she missed. I Instagrammed it. And then Scott Radowski liked it. The first five people, he was one of the first. The guy, the host of HQ. He liked it. That was even more exciting. That was even That was ridiculous. That was stuff I texted my niece and she was away. And I was just like, you're not going to believe what happened. And then, And then she goes... Yeah, I know. I saw you. I was there when you won. And I'm like, no, no, what happened after? And I sent her the thing, but apparently the Android to iPhone is a bag of shit, which also happened to my friend Rebecca. They, they didn't get my the picture of the text. So they're like, all right, I get it. You won. But they had no idea. They didn't see the screenshot I took of Seth liking it because that's like the head of HQ like it. I mean, that's like nobody gets that. You get the double whammy of 58 cents and Scott liking it. It was almost like winning the Super Bowl. I mean, if you've got a gambling issue, that's all you can take from that night. So that was super fun. (laughs) 
Scott, do I, I keep calling him, do I say Scott? I keep saying, I think, because sometimes I call him Seth Radetsky. Seth Radetsky is the gay guy that's on, that does the best of Broadway on Sirius. Scott Radowski is the guy that does HQ, and I think sometimes I mix them up. But anyway, how exciting. I mean, you know, uh, when you're sitting there listening, if you don't play HQ, they're like, I don't get it. But if you play HQ, you get it, right? I mean, that's the thing. So that was like the best Passover of all time. Let alone, I'm telling you, I run a very nice Seder. I just keep going. Everybody can keep talking. My sister was getting pissed. She's telling everybody quiet. I'm like, no, don't be quiet. Let me just read. They'll figure it out. Aunt Judy's phone is running off. I don't know what's happening. She's like, a re- I, I don't know what she's doing. But I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Everybody's talking. I guess because when my dad, you know, when we had the Seder, and after he took over from my grandfather and then his grandfather before him and the grandfather, it was so boring. They had no... They had no timber. If you've been listening to Howard Lady in their voice, they were no fun. They didn't know how to read from a book. It was boring, and uh, and they just didn't let us have any fun. So it's my pleasure to let everybody talk and just I, I don't you know. And then they'll 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 listen eventually, and everybody will calm down. And and then and that's the way it works. You know, you want everybody. You know, I don't like shushing people when I'm doing stand up. If I have to shush people, that means I'm not doing a good job. That means I suck. Because nobody's listening. And believe me, it's happened before, but I never shush. I've talked over people before, so I'm completely used to it. But, you know, Beth was going, oh, my God, and Dory was going crazy, my niece. I don't know what her deal is. When we were coming up with the seating arrangements, she was going, like, so wait, you're going to put this? She started screaming, shut up, shut up. And then she's like, all right, I need to know. We had, what did we have, like 25 people there, 20 people? She goes, I need to know, by show of hands, who wants two matzo balls? And then people are like yelling. She's like, shut up! Let me do it my way! Now remember, she's 20. She's not eight. It was very odd to get that uptight about it. Uh, but it was also hilarious. And actually, to see her get that impassioned about anything is, uh, well, it's quite good. Because remember, I don't even, you know, when I found that, you know, we went to the diner. We came back, and I'm like, God, I love diners. She goes, me too. I'm like, you do? I wouldn't have known by sitting there with you or your reaction in the car all the way home. <laughs> so you never know what go, what's going through that kid's mind, but I like her a lot. And uh, there was that. And um, and then last night, uh, actually, we or uh, whatever night it was, the second night of Passover, we we played HQ again. Matt got all the way to question twelve. He lost on question twelve. Oh, and then he would have won eight bucks. How about that? Now that's something. But you got to love that HQ. It's uh, super fun. Now, of course, I'm obviously hooked. I'll never forget what time it's on. Once you win one, but I'm telling you, having the balance, it's very exciting. No, wait, there was something I was going to say in between the monster. Oh, no, it was about Atlantic City, right? That's what it was. It was about gambling. Because, Well, first I want to tell you one thing, right? So, uh, you know, you hate talking about being old, but, uh, you know, there are certain things in your life where you where you get you get you realize that you're old, you know, like in a in a in a way that you're you couldn't take it. Now, I could look back at this and just say, God, I've never liked this, which is probably true. But there's certain things I go into a McDonald's. I, was, I changed my hours last Thursday so I could get home and make the matzo lasagna. So I was going to work at eight o'clock when I go to work at eight o'clock in the morning. I stop at McDonald's and I get the. Uh, an egg McMuffin, like a treat, you know, like I treat myself to this something I would never eat on a weekday before work because I also know 
you know, what's going to happen after. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Also, they have very good coffee at McDonald's. I like the coffee. I like the blueberries from Chile. Um, so I go to the McDonald's. Now, remember, right now it's 745 in the morning. 745 in the morning. And the music at McDonald's what, what, what is blasting this. What you say? Now I'm trying to decide what I want. I'm ordering from the kiosk before, so I don't have to go up to the people. But it's this loud, you know. So I'm trying to decide. Wait, do I want the egg McMuffin? I know it's annoying, isn't it? As me, do I want the whole? Wait, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have the uh, egg McMuffin, and no, I'll have the meal. You know what I'll do is I'm gonna get the meal with the orange juice. And then I'm going to have, I'll just get a separate coffee. Because I like having orange juice with bread. Yeah, it's pretty fucking annoying, isn't it? It's that loud and it's this song, which isn't a horrible song. But is it necessary at 7.45 in the morning to play this this loud? You're just trying to, and then, uh, <laughs> And that's when you're like, what you say? And of course, that song was in my head the rest of the day. Say. And obviously, I can make the song myself with the auto tuner. What you say? What you say? Is that necessary to be on at McDonald's at seven in the morning? I could see seven at night, maybe. You want to be a hip McDonald's? Seven in the morning? Is that necessary? Aren't people coming in there with hangovers and stuff? Or is it? Am I wrong on this one? Is that necessary to be playing? Or is this just complete old man shit that I got to write? You know, Ray Kroc a letter uh, <laughs> if it was 1965 and be like, "Dear Mr. Kroc, I have never in my life been so appalled as to walk into the McDonald's." on 47th Street and find it to be so loud it was intolerable I could not, and it affected my decision. And I ended up getting flapjacks instead of the Egg McMuffin that I wanted, and it came with a sausage McMuffin instead of the Egg McMuffin, and it was all because of your stupid music. I'd also like Jason Derulo responsible for this act. If you could write to him and just say, I'm sick of his nonsense and his attitude. and God, that was like so annoying. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? I'm just being, no, I'm not, right? Does anybody need that at seven in the morning? Even if you're 22, is that necessary? Because you know how like none of us over 22, actually seriously 22 can shop at Abercrombie and Finch because it's too loud and too dark and the odor. Remember I went in there, what, 10 years ago and I ended up passing out and I fell over one of those red ropes the velvet ropes, because between the music, the strobe lights, and the odor, you know, like the scents they put in, uh, <laughs> I passed out. And, of course, the only thing that led me into it was those two hot guys sitting outside shirtless. Hello! <laughs> Says Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> I love shirtless boys! <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, that, that's that's too much, I would think. Or you know, you'll you'll let me know <laughs> by uh, 
tweets or something and tell me if I'm completely insane that some of those places you just can't go into anymore. Now, if I go to a club at two or three or four in the morning, I totally go to that one oak, uh, you know, down the street where all the celebs hang out after I've been there before. I get it. I'm in. Is it loud? Yeah. But is that what I'm expecting? Yeah. Do I expect that in a clothing storm going in the middle of the afternoon? No. But if that's what your customer shopping, McDonald's, though, at seven in the morning. Is that necessary? I, I don't know. I mean, I've never wanted to play. I mean, I remember when I was in college and we were on the radio station like, hey, nobody wants to wake up to Megadeth at seven in the morning. Meanwhile, there were guys that I was uh, bunking with that were just like, hey, we love Judas Priest at 7 a.m. in the morning. That's what we play when we're getting ready for work. So I guess it's just what you like and what you don't like. So if you love Jason Derulo, then you're going to love going to that McDonald's every morning, every week, all the time. You know, I love mornings with Jason Derulo. Hi, I'm Jason Derulo, and you're going to love my new morning show sponsored by McDonald's. And if you love breakfast sandwiches the way I do, then you're going to love eating them to my new tune, What You Say. But they really write great songs these days, huh? Now that's an old man statement. Yeah, so what? Why don't you shut up? So last weekend, uh, my sister had a party, so I went to her house and I slept there. And I slept there two weekends in a row now. And I think that's what's causing my not being able to sleep. I can't, you know, I just sleep on her, you know, the couch where they watch TV. I mean, it bends out and stuff. But they have a new cat. And that new cat sleeps. She gets the good position. And then I have to sleep, like, off the couch because I don't want to move her because then she gets angry. And you know how, you you know, I love cats, so... So I really don't get a really good night's sleep there. Um, but I slept there on Friday, and I had already been drinking, too. And um, my sister made these drinks with those new sparkly, sparkling ice drinks. They're like that fruity drink, and you, those are pretty good with vodka. You know, it was a ladies' party and, and me, you know, because I'm one of the girls. Uh, and then she gets a, a bunch of uh, Chick-fil-A and some sushi. So I never eat in front of people, so I wait till everybody leave, and then I chow down on the Chick-fil-A. It's terrific. And the sushi. She's like, should I put it away? Absolutely not. When everybody leaves, this is what I will be eating. Very exciting stuff. So that was tough to fall asleep. But then, because uh, of that next afternoon, I had to go down to Atlantic City to see Jeff Ross and David Tell perform, which I was totally looking forward to. And I got a separate room from my friend uh, Dave Elliott because um, he snores really bad. Uh, you know, I think he has like sleep apnea snoring and it's 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 that bad where I had to get my separate room, uh, which I just said if I could get a separate room, I would if it was easy. I, I still don't mind staying with him. I can't. But um, yeah, it's really like really bad snoring, uh, like where I've never like heard it that bad before. <laughs> uh, but he's still funny. So, um, yeah, I went down there to see these two uh, these two nut jobs and had a. Great time, as always. So I go to see the show. I don't do any gambling beforehand because I don't want to be sad or whatever. Of course, I'm gambling on the basketball games, of course. Stupid Michigan can't cover a goddamn spread. That would have changed everything again. Except for, you know, last uh, uh, the Final Four, they were able to cover the spread. They, they can't cover it when I'm betting big on it. It's frustrating. So that's why I'm going all in on Villanova. Oh, 
this will air after that. Ooh. All right, well, listen. Now you know. I'm taking Villanova to crush Michigan. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, I was Michigan all the way. And my final four, my brackets were out the first day, so it doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, so I'm there, and uh, the show is always good, but it just wasn't like that night that I was playing it for you and I recorded it myself. It's just not the same as it is at the Comedy Cellar. The Bumping Mics tour is just not... It's not, it's not what it should be. First of all, I don't like the Bumping Mics. I've said this to a tell. I don't, I don't like it. I mean, maybe... You know, when they really hit something that both of them didn't know they were going to say, I like it. But when it's forced, it's a little gay. Uh, Also, um, Dave didn't have enough to do. Jeff's, you know, great. He's my friend. I find him very funny. I mean, I laugh like a hyena when he's around. But he, you know, he has to let Dave talk because Dave, Dave Vitell is Dave Vitell. And Dave Vitell's a shit. And uh, it's kind of like he doesn't have enough to do. My friend uh, Dave, so many Daves, uh, said, you know, what I would have liked, because it tells my hero, is to have said if for Dave to do 10 minutes and then Jeff to do 10 minutes, like do, do separate min- things. But they're not going to ever do that, I don't think. But I think everybody wanted that because sometimes you just want to see. Sometimes, I mean, you just want to see Dave do Dave, you know, and it's not enough, I, I think. It's still a fun show. It's a festive show. It moves quick. And Yamanika opened up and she was great. And she's a fun time. I mean, it's still a fun show. But it's $80. That's, that's a lot of money. Um, I'm just afraid it's not good enough. So I don't know. Maybe I need to see it in different venues. Maybe like I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody kill at that Borgata. Certainly not myself. I'm not taking that into consideration. Hey, it's a tough room. I got booed up. No, I mean, it's just I don't know. I've, I've never seen anybody do well at that place. I think that. Like, my friend was all getting itchy because he needed to get back to the table. So maybe there is some sort of, when you're at a casino and you're seeing a show, it's just not as good for the people that are gambling. You know, half the audience is going to be like, I got to get back to the tables. Or they're thinking about the winnings. They're thinking about when I get out, this is what I'm going to play. So they have other things on their mind. So maybe casinos just aren't the way to perform somewhere because you're always going to have other things on your mind. I know I did. I'm like, I turned off my phone. I'm like, is Michigan covering? Is Michigan covering? You know I mean? But it was okay to think about gambling then because... You know, you're at a casino, so it's okay. Anyway, then after that, we went to the old Homestead Steakhouse. It was Dave's idea. I couldn't believe it. He goes, hey, we'll go out for dinner after. Now, he says that all the time, but that never happens. You can't organize Jeff Ross, who is just always with friends and family, and it's we're never going to be able to organize and get together until, like, midnight. But we somehow did it, and it was just us. And Dave, my friend, didn't even come because he needed to get back to the tables immediately and get on that three-card poker. So it was just me, Jeff, Jeff's uh, crippled cousin or whatever, that guy, Mark, uh, Atel, and Yamanique. And we were just at the steakhouse, and it was so much fun. But Jeff and Dave were already mad at each other because they, you know, they couldn't organize it quite. And we were all separate and together and going for smoke breaks or whatever. Oh, such a mess. But it was delicious. We were ordering like crazy, which we always do when me and Dave and Artie and Russ are together. We order like crazy. We order like crazy because who gives a shit? You spend one night, you order like crazy. Now, I know I'm not paying for it this time, but other times I do pay for it. But I'm always like, yeah, let's order like crazy. I know those guys make fun of me, but I make less than everybody else. 
But um, we order like crazy because why not? So we'll leave stuff over. So what? Or we'll wrap it up and somebody will take it home. Who cares? This guy, Mark, Jeff's cousin, he's like, he was so angry that we were ordering so much. He was, it was ruining the good time. I don't know what his deal was. He's like, I just hate waste. I hate waste. We're like, well, we don't know whether we're going to waste it. It turned out we ate most of it. We ordered like two, three people porterhouse steaks. <laughs> but I think I ate half of it. I mean, it was so good. I ordered a bunch of shrimp cocktail. It's my favorite. I can't help it. They were delicious. And we just ate like kings. I mean, why not? They get like a credit so they don't have to pay for everything and, you know, for performing there. And then, you know, so it probably costs like $100 a person. Big deal. I mean, um, I don't know what that guy was complaining about. He was kind of ruining everybody's good time. I don't know what his deal was. Uh, but that was so much fun. And we were laughing. I was drinking wine and just having a good time, you know, uh, which is odd, you know, like when you sit down and eat with... Uh, you know, with Dave especially, but uh, I guess we do have a lot of meals together. I just never know whether he's happy. It's really kind of like eating with Dory very much. Huh. Interesting. Maybe that's why we get along so well. Me and Dave, I'm just, maybe me and Dory get along so well because I'm just used to eating with people that are just so angry when they're there, you know. And I'm always just so happy to be sitting down in a restaurant like an adult eating a meal. Especially somebody else's parent. Hello. Judaism kicking in. Meanwhile, we're all Jewish, except for Yamnik. She was really fun. I haven't hung out with her that much. I always liked her, but um, she's fun. She's a big, fat black girl, if you don't know. Uh, but really fun. And then we, so then we decided, you know, we're going to go out. Now, Atel's got to go immediately home because he's crazy, right? So he's got to immediately get on the road because he's got to have lunch with his brother and mother, I think, but at 2 in the afternoon. So he's rushing through dinner, which he always rushes us because he's got to be home by 2 in the afternoon. It's 10 o'clock at night, so I, I don't know what the deal was. <laughs> Whatever. This is what he does, so nobody cares, but it is it is a little annoying. He's like, let's start eating. Let's start eating. Um, and then, so I'm still like, I'm like, I don't want to play. You know, I want to get to that three-card poker, but I don't want to play it when I'm feeling all bloated or a little drunk or whatever, because I wasn't drunk drunk. And... So Yamanique wanted to play this one particular slot machine and she was waiting for people to get up and they wouldn't. And some people were just sitting there. So she's like, can you call security and tell them this lady's just sitting there? I mean, it was like a big thing, but it was kind of fun. So I was just playing this one slot machine and I kept putting in 20s because we were just waiting. Like I really wanted to leave, but that's like the worst way to lose money. Like, oh, I'll put another 20 in, you know, and that's how you just secretly lose like $100 really quick out of nowhere. What I want to put on three card poker. But, uh, so then, yeah, I was done. Jeff's like, hey, let's go and have a drink in this place. And I'm like, Jeff, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I think I'm done. I was so full. You know, I really just wanted to, you know, be at my own home and do whatever. I was so thirsty. And I just wanted to go home and get something to drink and, and lie on my bed like, like Clemenza. I mean, it really was that, you know, that and I'm just thinking we had just eaten so much. Uh, I mean, it was super fun and all. But, uh, yeah, I was just ready to go upstairs. I wanted to get up early. So I could gamble in the morning, which I like. So in the morning, me and uh, my friend Dave had breakfast together, and then I went right to the tables. I think we gambled a little. We gambled together for a little bit. He lost. So I put down a hundred and eighty dollars. That's what I had left in my pocket. hundred and eighty dollars. I put down on the table to pay three card poker, and I was there for three hours, and I lost eighty dollars. So that was pretty good. 
you know how normally I always say I win. I have to consider that a win that I really only lost $80 for playing three hours. Don't you have to consider that a win in a place like Atlantic City? So I'm going to say, again, three-card poker was pretty good to Dave Juskow because it worked like every time I got down to zero, the dealer was even saying, like, every time you get down to zero, you keep winning, uh, you keep getting, like, a straight flush or something like that. So, well, it wasn't a straight, but if I got a straight flush, I would have definitely won because that pays, like, 400 bucks. But still a good time. Uh, I couldn't, you know, you can't even believe you're there for three hours. And then, you know, when you get up and you finally get up and you're like, I still have chips left and I can't believe it. I'm like, I'm not playing with these. I'm not playing with these. Couldn't believe I got up and left. And then you just want to run out of there, you know, run out, get in the car and go as fast as you can because it is so easy to get tempted and go back. But I would say the one place is I don't have a gambling problem where it's disease-like would be Atlantic City or Vegas because I'm pretty good, I guess, at leaving the tables more so than I am with, for some reason, sports gambling, which I guess is just so easy. Let alone, it's just like when I have nothing to do, I'll just be like, well, let me put a bet. I, because I, I, I just don't have enough to do in my life that's festive and fun, I guess. I don't know. I know I'm coming up with excuses, but... I have to stop, and yet I don't want to stop because like, like, I enjoy it, but it's not enjoyable. It's so weird. The only rush I get is when like the bets are in, and I'm like, well, anything can happen. But that's when you know you don't have really anything else going on in your life, which I don't. I'm just thinking in April, you know, I don't have anything going on. Now, me and Tana, the girl I had on this show who used to be an attorney, we have our graduation comedy class on Thursday the 5th at the Broadway Comedy Club. You're more than welcome to come by. Her first, uh, I've been helping her with her act. Now, listen, yeah, I know how it sounds. The person that got booed off stage at the Brigada shouldn't be helping anybody with their act, but I'm just helping her cut out the bulk. Her first part of her act is just making fun of me. So it's funny going over like, no, I don't say, I, I would say the, that I'm creepy. You know, just, you know, like when she's saying it, because she'll go on after me and hopefully she'll have some friends there and they can just make fun of me. And that's fine. I couldn't, really couldn't care less. Uh, if that's what she wants to do. But this is her first time, and we're going over it, like, after class last Tuesday, and I'm just like, you know, she, I'm like, you know, you seem a little nervous about class, like you're not ready. And she's like, I'm not. I'm like, well, I, you know, I hate saying this, but I'm like, maybe you should have tried it once before you quit your job. Yes, it's much harder than you thought. I mean, just none of this makes sense. I really thought for some reason, I guess, and I swear to God, I guess as prejudiced as it sounds, because she was Asian, I really just assumed she would learn how to figure it out faster than everybody else because she must be really smart. She must have a plan because who does that, especially once you have a baby? So I've been helping her, and, uh, you know, I talked to Murphy and, uh, you know, the teacher, and he says, um, he says I did okay, and to thank him for helping a little bit. I'm just trying to cut out the bowl because she's, you know, telling all this stuff like, um, so we don't need to know all that stuff. Just get to the, get to the meat. Now it's funny for me to tell somebody, come on, get to the meat, get to the joke, get to the joke, because I don't do that. <laughs> I need my own advice, but I know that. But unfortunately, when I do the shows, like when it, before I open up with the Goodfellas, the Godfather, whatever, I mean, I'm only doing it for the first time, and I don't have anywhere to practice. So I don't know. Every time, you know, I'm watching that Gary Shandling's and Diaries thing, and I'm just like, boy, I, I you know. I just really blew it, I guess, early on. Because I feel like, you know, when I'm watching the early part, I've only watched the first um, half, and I'm just like, yeah, I was doing that too, and I was getting the TV show, not the Tonight Show, but, 
you know, I was on TV and I was doing it, was working, but I couldn't maintain it. Um, but it's just so funny. I keep thinking, you know, stand-up is the way. Stand-up is the way. It really is. It gets you everything else. It gets you out there. It keeps your name out there. It keeps you going. You have to perform all the time. But I, God, I just can't. It's so easy. You know, if I had the material, I just think I could be really good. But I just don't have the material. I don't know where you get it. I'm a bad joke writer. But maybe I'm not so bad because, I mean, sometimes my tweets are okay. But they're just not good enough. They're not joke quality. And, you know, look at my friends, Sarah Silverman, David Tell. I mean, these guys are professional joke writers. So anytime, I'm always going to feel inferior and who wants to go on stage feeling like that? You know, comedy is not my forte, as I used to say to Kevin Brennan all the time. <laughs> that was his favorite line. But uh, that all being said, uh, I don't know if you... Uh, first of all, let's talk about, just for a second, uh, Roseanne, the television show that's back. Why, did you hear about those ratings? You get, you get a 5.1 rating. So I think when the ratings book comes out today, uh, it'll probably be number one for the week. Last week, I don't do the ratings anymore. You know how I used to do the ratings anymore, but like nobody cares about network television anymore. Nobody. Um, 60 Minutes won because of the Stormy Daniels interview, but this should shatter all of that this week. Roseanne killed it in the ratings. And you know why? I mean, you know by now, she's a Trump supporter, She's doing a show that's pro-Trump. It's like the smartest thing anyone's ever done. It killed in the ratings because besides New York and L.A., the rest of the country seems to like Trump. So why not do... It's like the smartest thing in the whole world that nobody ever thought of because Hollywood's run by such anti-Trump people that it had to be somebody with the powerhouse of a Roseanne to come in and say, no, this is what we're going to do. It's so smart. Yes, obviously 90% of the country seems to think Trump's okay. So why not do a show reflecting that? It's like it's unbelievable. Nobody thought of it before. I don't even think anybody had an inkling of an idea of it before. And it makes so much sense. This middle America sitcom, plus I think Roseanne might actually be a Trump supporter, but it's like, even if she wasn't, this would be the smartest move in the history of smart moves of television. This is the kind of stuff I keep saying. I wish I was a little bit smarter. This is the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it is. Think about it, right? It, it kicked ass because, you know, somebody voted for Trump. There's a reason he's president. I think we keep forgetting. And let me tell you something, he's going to win it all again in 2020 because I don't know who the Democrats are going to put in. When you see these kind of ratings, if you don't think he's winning it again, if he wants to win, boy, he's going to win. So you just keep complaining about Trump and, and everything he does because you're going to be stuck with him for another four years unless you figure out a way not to, 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 to stop you know, picking on him and find somebody who's just going to be a man or a woman and just say something different. Say something, you know, stop talking about Russia. Stop talking about all the, the, the nonsense and just let him do whatever he's doing and, and just get somebody and focus on yourselves to beat him if that's what you need to do. Find, spend your time, instead of complaining about Trump, finding a candidate to win in 2020 because you're going to go down. It's, it's, it's going to happen again. 
and, and the ratings are the proof. Because if you have 48 states in your favor, you, you really don't have a chance. So you think about that, all, all Hollywood folk, and I'm talking about my friends in Hollywood who, who you know, are just, you know, won't even listen to me when I say, but, but what, if he, what if he works out in North Korea? What if he does? No, it's still bad. No, we're not listening to this. Oh, you're putting yourself in a bad position again for 2020. That's all I'm saying. If the ra- I mean, you got to look at that. I mean, look, let's, you know, I said this before the election. I said he's going to win by a landslide. You're not getting it. You're not listening to what else is out there. You're not listening. So you know what? You got to listen. And if those ratings aren't a wake-up call for the people in Hollywood, if you want to win, you, you better figure it out quick. Because that was the wake-up call. The wake-up call that the Democrats are going to lose again unless they get smarter. I'm just so amazed. Let's say, whether I like Trump or I don't like Trump, it doesn't matter. Those ratings, uh, network ratings in this day and age, it's not a Netflix show. It's on ABC. And it got like almost Super Bowl-like ratings or what I mean, it had NCAA ratings, whatever the hell. It was huge. Everybody's talking about it. It got picked up for a second season immediately. They're re-airing it. They re-aired it on Sunday. I, wake up call, people. I'm telling you. <laughs> don't, don't be stupid. I told you not to be stupid, you moron. Just saying, yo. Just saying. This is a joke. Are these Polish girls? That's right. You tell them. You tell them, Liza Minnelli's dad. ho. Oh, oh. Thank you. Always, you are. You know how can I when he is so late on his cues? Uh, also in the news, I was a big proponent of Smallville when it was on, which is the uh, prequel to Superman. I watched it for ten goddamn years, which I'll never fall for again. Which is why I got out on Once Upon a Time. Uh, after the third, se- after the fourth season, whatever, I'm like, this is going nowhere. I'm not in. I can't believe it's still on. If you watch it once upon a time, it's like the story of Snow White, and they do like kind of fractured fairy tales kind of stuff about this. If you don't know about it, it's the funniest thing when you come back to see a show that you haven't seen that you were watching faithfully for a couple of years, like four years, and then you find it still on on a, fr- a random Friday night. I'm watching. Oh, you know what? Let me turn it on for two seconds, and you see like it's. All the skew and all of a sudden Captain Hook, yeah, from Peter Pan and Rumpelstiltskin own a detective agency together. I'm like, oh my God, this, I did the right thing. I did the right thing by getting out. My God, did I do the right thing. I'm not going to fall for Of course, I'm going to fall for it again. That's what I'm saying. It's just like it's the Vanessa thing all over again. I will fall, but I'm going to try not to. I try and cut out when I'm out. Smallville really screwed me for everything else, which is why I'm so angry that Tom Welling is on lucifer my favorite show because i don't want to see that motherfucker ever again 10 years i wait for that stupid show we're waiting for him to just become superman he never becomes superman that's why i got out of gotham but now everybody's told me like no no he's going to become batman he's going to become batman that's the plan i'm like damn it now maybe i have to go watch it again i was so angry it never delivered what i wanted to I, 10 years i stuck with it never delivered and now there's this big thing about this cult where this guy just got arrested, thank God, this guy in upstate New York, where two of the leads, the, the super hot 
Lana Lang and the, you know, okay hot uh, reporter Chloe uh, were all part of this sex cult. I mean, it's hot. It's like really hot. You know, if you're a regular dude and you're normal, it's kind of sexy because we don't know, you know, what does that mean? Sex cult. Are they just fucking guys? So anyway, Kristen Crook, who's this really beauty from who played Lana Lang and then Lang, and then she was in Beauty and the Beast and whatever. Not a good actress, but uh, just ridiculously hot. Was part of this cult, but apparently left just in time. But they're still saying, you recruited sex slaves, you recruited sex slaves. But this other girl, who Allison Mack, who's still very pretty, was in charge. Like She was second in command in this cult, recruiting female sex slaves and... It was her decision to brand them with the cult leader, whatever his name is, Keith Renair, and her name, like her initials, are branded into like women's private parts. It was her idea. I mean, I hope she's going to get arrested. They say she's going to be arrested. she got to be arrested. And they would brainwash these girls. I mean, it's so sexy, technically, you know, if you're crazy and weird, but a guy... uh, Otherwise, it's kind of horrible. There's a really good movie with Elizabeth Olsen. Yes, one of the Olsen triplets. Uh, you know, they have the Olsen twins, and then they have another sister who's a really good actress who's in uh, The Avengers. Uh, the, I think she plays the Scarlet Witch. Uh, looks just like him, but is a better actor and, you know, pretty. And she was in a movie, I can't remember, it's like three girl names, M- Mary, Maria, Elizabeth, something like that. I don't remember, but she joins a cult, and it's all about her escaping from the cult and trying to live a normal life, but she can't, and you know, it goes back and forth from why she's all messed up and trying to live with her sister and stuff like that. It's a really good movie. It's like you know, real messed up, but good depiction of a creepy cult because the fact that these cults still exist is uh, you know, amazing. So this is really Charles Manson-like shit, except I guess they didn't murder anybody yet. You know, who knows what would happen if this guy didn't get busted. But, uh, yeah, this girl, this, you know, girl that I watched on TV for 10 years who I supported financially, which made her get sex slaves because I was watching this show. It makes me feel bad because, I, you know, I feel like I was part of the problem. She was able to recruit stuff on her name because I made that show a hit. So I am partly responsible, and I apologize but it's funny how, you know, you can get caught up with these things. You see this guy, you see, oh, boy, here's the thing. I put it on Twitter the other day. If you see this girl, Allison Mack, you see there's this one thing where she's just talking to the camera. She's got her hair in a ponytail, and she's just talking like, you know, this Naxium or whatever the cult's called. Saved my life. I never really thought I would get it. The way she's talking is like Allison Williams with her hair pulled back when she's talking on the phone to the fat black friend in Get Out, uh, you know, Daniel Kalua's friend, you know, the TSA guy. But she's like, I know you've always been in love with me. You know, like when she's doing that like weird shit to throw anybody off the trail that might be listening, if you're, knowing she, he's recording it. It's, it's that, because it is a cult and it is brainwashed. And I mean, it's like, it's like so I put the two pictures together because it's that creepy because this one's real. Allison Williams was an actress. This girl, Allison Mack, she, she's an actress too, but this is for real. And she's like, 
either she's brainwashed or she's brainwashing others. Yeah, you'd like to think she got brainwashed by this dude. He's not unattractive. But it's like, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It's like these guys, I don't think he's smart, but he has to be smart. Like, I think he lied about being smart, but he has to be smart. If you can put a cult together and get these people to follow you, isn't that fascinating? The fact that Charles Manson was able to get people to murder for him in his name for love, just like a mafia family would do, you have to be bright. Like Hitler shit. You have to be bright. You have to be charismatic. You have to know people's names and use them in a sentence. We were talking about the other day, you know, Hitler, me and Rachel were talking about, you know, I've always said that. There had to be something we don't know. All the footage has never shown us for Hitler to be charismatic or anything but a complete tool. But he must have been charismatic. He must have been in his circles he had to have been a great guy because you just can't win over people as a complete douchebag so you know that's the thing and charles manson i mean we know because my friend vincent who's been on this show hung out with charles manson and said he was i mean you can tell something's off about him but you could see if somebody is a little lost how he could bring them in you know, there's a comedian almost that I compare to that. And I don't mind saying his name. It's uh, Rick Shapiro. I don't know if you ever heard of him. But in a way, in his day, years ago in the 90s, he reminded me of Charles Manson or what it might be like to work with Charles Manson because Rick Shapiro was very charming. If I was a girl, I probably would have had sex with him. He was very convincing. And, and, and he was like that, where he seemed a little off when you met him. And he was off, but... There's not one boy I know that didn't have a period of time where they were involved with Rick Shapiro, where they were involved in his life, where Rick Shapiro needed to stay with them or or we needed to help him or he needed to help us. It was like, you know, for a month or two, every guy I know was involved because he was very charming and and, and he could have been a very brilliant comedian. And there, there was brilliant things there. And it was very, I think, I feel like that's what Charles Manson was like. I mean, I, I, you know, I feel bad comparing Rick to Charles Manson because it, it's certainly nothing like that. But, but I, I, I feel that there are these people in our lives that you have to be kind of smart enough to figure out that there's something a little off about them. Otherwise, you can be in. And I, I'm not saying being in with Rick would be bad. It just seems like I found that the people that have, you know, kind of been in his life, he doesn't have people that stay. So they kind of like, I'm not figure it out like he's evil or anything, but I'm just saying they're like, I can't deal with this anymore. More like that. Probably the same people do to me. But uh, yeah, that's the funny thing. It's like, it's very easy to get one over. And I mean, I, I just can't use that Cato Caitlin analogy enough when i'm sitting there and i'm like kato caitlin is an ass i've seen everything i've seen me to believe makes him an ass and then you meet him in person and i am completely won over but again i can completely say that about myself (laughs) except i'm i'm i just can't remember people's names but i know that there have been definitely women and guys i mean there's not one year that goes by where i don't get somebody who says dude i gotta say when i first met you i just thought you were a complete asshole Again, my whole life. I'm talking about from kindergarten on. 
And then like, you know, and then uh, I just realized you, you're an ass, but you're, you're okay. <laughs> I'm very charming when I want to be. Otherwise, I am an ass. I'm depressed. I'm awful. I'm mean. But every once in a while, I can, uh, I can pull off the mask and we can get down to it. We can have a conversation. We can have a good time. If I'm in a good mood and my teams are winning, I'm a great guy. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I think it might actually just come down to that. That's not good. I don't want to be that guy. But what do you got to do? You got to be something. You got to be something. What are you going to do? I'm going to do that. Hello. Oh, I got to tell you also, and I think I said this the other day, this Tana, you know, the comedy girl, now I'm calling her a comedy girl, the attorney. Um, and it's so funny when she's on stage, she's using all these terms. I'm like, nobody knows those terms. He became an iBanker. I mean, I should have known what an iBanker is. It's an investment banker, but I never heard it called the iBanker before. And then she just keeps using these legal terms, like when they're acting, it's really funny. She goes, but be that as it may, uh, we're just, as the case may be, you know, it's just like she's using these terms. I'm like, you got to stop that <laughs> because I know what you're talking about because I, you know, that's all I do is edit people's, uh, you know, briefs, but, uh. I'm not sure if the rest of the crowd would know. I mean, I think everybody that's coming to your show will know, but you need to branch out, as does David Juskow. I can't rely that everybody's going to know about the magician when I do my act. And by the way, I got to tell you, that show Deception on ABC, I told you I was watching it again. I mean, how could I not watch it? Here it is again, 30, 40 years later, and they got a show about a magician that solves crimes. I mean, we were talking about it before it even came out, before I even knew about the show Deception, we were talking about the magician. Talking about it with Rachel last week. I mean, it's just so weird that there is another show that has a magician that solves crimes. After I was telling you how much this ridiculous show meant to me. Now, this is on a much bigger fun scale. They obviously have a little more money than the 70s magician. Guy doesn't travel around in a private jet or anything. He's no Bill Bixby. And I would just tell you this, that the show will never last I mean, it'll never last. There's no way it can last. I love the show, but I it can't last. It's horrible, technically. I know it's horrible when I'm watching it, and yet there I am sitting there watching it. And they don't have a theme song like this. Well, nobody has a theme song anymore. I know you're waiting for the... Uh, I, I played the other one, not the... Uh, the magician will continue with him. The uh, wait, we have to play that last part again. I can listen to that a hundred times. Is it here? Follow the magic you're about to see. <laughs> it's performed without trick photography of any kind by Bill Bixby. The, the magician. magician. Oh, it gets me every time. That's so hilarious. All of the magic you're about to see. They certainly don't say this on this show. So the first episode was terrific. Second episode, I'm like, oh my god, this show sucks. But last week, the the episode was great. Again. Not great, it's just, it's entertaining. It was an art heist and an art gallery. And, uh, and the, the magician had to, uh, he had to get this girl out of the art gallery before the paintings all exploded. <laughs> and, he, and he had to use mirrors and smoke and mirrors to get her out. Oh, it was a miracle. It was really good, really good stuff. And then they had to do all this stuff and the other stuff. And there could be a possible love interest by one of his helpers and the cop. Oh, it's good stuff. Because the FBI uses real magicians. But you know who the FBI, uh, the head of the FBI is, the girl who was the wife in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. used to be so hot. 
Not so much anymore. But um, also a horrible actress. Or maybe she might not be a horrible actress, but I think she's horrible because I hate her because I'm supposed to hate her because she hates the magician, which is, of course, what they used to do also in my other favorite show, which is exactly the same thing, Limitless. This is the exact same thing as Limitless. It's the exact same thing as the show Limitless, which was badass. Limitless was the TV show based on the movie with Bradley Cooper where the guy took the pill and then he can, you know, his mind works completely great so he can help the FBI solve crimes. And that is exactly what this show is. This guy is trying to get his brother out of jail. In the meantime, he helps the FBI solve crimes with his magic act because now his magic act is ruined because now everybody knows they're twins. Nobody knew he had a twin for 30 years. Oh, it's out. It's out now. As a matter of fact, I think... They had to go into jail and find out how this one thief who's in jail now, where his brother is, got into the art gallery and stole a painting because then they could help get this girl out in a secret trap door. And the person, the guy who he had to go see was the brother who was stirring the sauce in the wheelchair in Goodfellas. What's his name? Pete Corrigan or something like that? He's a really good actor that's just completely fallen like, why is he having a small part like that? He's really good. He's interesting. I don't understand why he doesn't have a better career. But he's got less hair than I do, so it makes me happy. But he's cool. I would use him in something. He must be difficult to work with. I think I might have heard that. I mean, that has to be the answer. Otherwise, I mean, him and Damone from, good, uh, from Fast Times. I mean, Good Times. That would be even better if Damone was in Good Times. Hey, JJ, listen. I know everything's dynamite, but the uh, way you guys are living, I mean, this is a shithole. Well, where's Washington? Does he live around here? I just came to give him those Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets. But it's dynamite, right? I mean, you don't mind living here, right? Hey, JJ. <laughs> That's the moan on good times. Yeah. Uh, so wait, what was I saying? Oh, so, um, oh yeah, I was just talking about the magician and the De- deception. I think that's the name of the uh, show. And it's so good. Uh, I just, uh you know, it's that it, when there's shows like that that are just stupid and it doesn't matter, I feel like they just make them for me. So I'm saying if there's nobody in the audience that doesn't know The Magician or Deception, then I'm going to fail. And I really need to expand to somehow, uh, uh, like Tana does, if there's no lawyers in the audience, she's going to die. We both need to work on our material to expand our material somehow. Uh, to get it better. So anyway, Thursday the 5th is our big uh, comedy graduation day ceremony. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I had a couple new gags. A couple of old ones. Trying not to do a Hitler block, but I still have a Hitler block. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I'm talking about Pete Hitler. Pete Hitler uh, was this guy I saw 60 Minutes. I don't think that was his name, but his name was something else. Obviously, he changed it. He's not an idiot. So he changed it. Well, he is an idiot, but he, he, he changed it. He lived in Long Island somewhere. They said, yeah, he's the grandson of Hitler, the great-grandson. He changed his name, been engaged twice, didn't work out. Whatever the story was on 60 Minutes, I'll never forget it because I'm like, well, how come they didn't go into, I'd like to meet the girls he was engaged to, why they didn't work out? And then I'm like, oh, just see, why didn't they work out? You know, I'd hate to go to a marriage keeping secrets. There is one thing I should probably tell you about myself before we... My grandfather was Hitler. Uh, And then she's like, Jeff Hitler? No, no, Adolf Hitler. You know, the German guy that killed all the Jews. Oh, where are you going? I haven't, no, I, I, but I'm not liking, all right. How come you don't want to be in the part of the Hitler family? I guess. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, not classic, really, not classic, but you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. Not really classic, 
comedy, really. I had some other stuff that I, uh, I don't know. Well, I better figure it out by Thursday. <laughs> How are you? Because Thursday is, you know, the day. Uh, we're going to do. Uh, so I, I think that was all I needed to say today, I believe. I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think so. There was a whole bunch of uh, stuff I wanted to do, nonsense stuff, like with Farrah Fawcett and stuff, and waiting to tell you stuff. Oh, you know, I saw the new Bond trailer today. For, I can't even know the name of it, Bond 25. Looks good, of course, but nothing will be Casino Royale so, so far. But let's hope it does if this is Daniels Craig's last adventure into the James Bond, you know, whatever it is, because we don't know who we're going to get next. So anyway, that all being said, that is today's show. Now, next week, we do have my interview. Uh, my, no, my next guest will be Jono Abrams. Jono Abrams worked for John Hughes. Uh, and I'm telling you, he is fascinating. He was there filming planes, trains, and automobiles in every scene. That's so cool. We find out about him and the, the Ferris Bueller and a bunch of stuff that's so much fun. I think, I mean, you know, unless I'm crazy, I think he was an outstanding interview. And that is next week. John o. Abrams will be joining us on the Nightfly podcast. And then after that, will be you and me. And after that, maybe another guest again, because... That's what we like to do here at the podcast. Everybody, it's April, even though it snowed yesterday. Maybe that'll be it. We have a lovely spring to look forward to in this beautiful town we call the U.S. of A. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next week on the Night Fly with jazz and conversation. Till the sun goes down. The skyline. Good night, everybody.